Hello, I'm King Navasa, and you're listening to Celebrating Caymanians Overseas, Out of Sight, Not Out of Mind. Today we have with us the new Cayman Islands government representative in the United Kingdom, Dr. Tasha Ebanks-Garcia, a global Caymanian, former talk show host, two times, family therapist, deputy chief officer, mother, wife, leader, and a woman of God. I gave her a call while she was back in her Cayman home where we talk about her journey from being invited to leave university to being called as a leader. Mm-hmm. This is a phenomenal woman. Uh-huh. And what she said, success is just a moment. The magic is within the journey. Mm. Or something like that. She's elegant. She's wise, resilient, and she is an all-round inspiration to me. The Dr. Tasha Ebanks-Garcia. Let's get her on the line. All right, and today we have with us the Dr. Tasha Ebanks-Garcia. So many hats, I can't even go over them. But good morning, and please, please, please tell us about yourself. Oh, thank you, thank you. And, and and adding the V, I didn't know I had a V before my name. That really kind of elevated it to a whole new level. King, I you saw- must be the King Navasa. No, 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 not the hair. But I'll I'll, I'll, enf- I'll I'll emphasize why I said the Dr. Tasha Ebanks Garcia. After you tell us a little bit about how your background, where did the doctor come from? Ah, uh, so. My, my doctorate's in psychology. Uh, I specialized in marriage and family therapy in university. But I think my, my educational journey, while, while too long a story for, for this podcast, um, I think it's it's something that, that I often like to just kind of share a little bit about because I think it's important. People see you at the end of your journey or at, at major milestones in your journey. What people don't often see is the journey. And what I don't want and what I would like when people see me is to also see parts of the journey because I think that's where we connect with people is in the journey. So when I finished high school here at 16, 17, a long, long time ago, a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, I, I did... Um, Instead of doing A-levels or community college, which were the options back way back in them days, I went to Canada, did um, a couple more years of high school and went to university in Canada. But after my second year of university, I was, and the way I like to describe it is, I was invited to go back home. Mm. And so um, at the time I, I was you know, I was I was young. I had just left home for the first time. I didn't really know what I wanted to study. I wasn't really, I wasn't an academic. Um, I didn't think I was as smart as I would later become. You know, I didn't think I had the potential that I think, you know, I, I later discovered that I do. And anyway, I left university, you know, got kicked out, invited to leave, whatever language you want to use. And spent and spent many years, most of my twenties, working, um, working in media and television, um, with Caribbean Publishing and the Compass and Cayman Twenty Seven, and just had a, a really amazing opportunity of self discovery through that and, and learning about what was important to me. Um, and I remember somebody at the time when I was when I was invited to leave university and and I was very disheartened and I said, but this isn't. Like I, I, this isn't part of the plan. Like like everybody else is going to be at a different place than me. And and they reminded me that I'm not on their journey. I'm on mine. And to be true and to appreciate and to embrace my journey. And and so I did that. And spent my twenties working. And in my late twenties, I figured out what I wanted to do and and who I wanted to be 
in this world and, and what I wanted to be able to give back and how education fit into that. And so education then became purposeful. I, I knew I had a reason to go to school, to study, to, to cry at night when I'm looking at an exam the next day that I'm not quite ready for. Yes. Oh, and, and so I went back to school in my late 20s, finished my undergrad, went on and did my master's and went straight from there and did my doctorate. I had my, my daughter in my master's, my son during my doctorate. And I'll tell you, that didn't make it any easier, but, you know, we just, we pushed through. I mean, as Caymanians, we come from, from some, some serious, serious strength and, and, um, and just drawing on, on who we are and who I am as a Caymanian, just kind of push through that. But I say all that to say, yes, I have a doctorate, but that is kind of a major milestone in my life. That's not the journey. And any young person out there that's listening or any person of any age if you're looking at where you are today and you're thinking but I, I you know I, I can't do it or I haven't arrived or I don't have the potential you do you do look at your journey look at where you want to be and and just embrace your ride all of our rides are different yes. um, but but don't look at someone at the end of their journey or at a major milestone and think oh well, they could do it but i can't you don't know the journey that they went through mm-hmm. and if you knew chances are you would say wait a minute but if they did that if if dr tasha who get kicked out first of all she had to repeat fifth form because she didn't get enough a levels and enough um o levels to get to to a level so there oh. actually that part i didn't tell you yet so that's where oh. it started didn't get enough o levels to go and do my a levels so i mm. was part of a group of 13 individuals back in 19 in 1989 mm-hmm. um that the school that our public high school came in high school at the time said that 13 of us could repeat our fifth form so i repeated wow. fifth form to get some more o levels so it's kind of the equivalent of what we have now sifac so if you go to Sci- in sifac don't be embarrassed you in sifac i was in sifac i was <gasps> in the first in the first class of what we now have as sifac so 13 of us repeated our fifth form, got some more O levels and then went on from there. But, you know, I still get kicked out of university, but that's okay. You make a comeback and sometimes That's right. We hit the ground, we hit the floor, we're sitting down and we go, "All right, how do I make my comeback?" And as long as we find a way to keep standing up, that's that's the trick. That's that is the journey. That's what we're here for is to keep standing up. Mm. So that's that's my, that's my, that's my preaching this morning. Yes. Yes, I got a whole sermon. You see, the magnificent, phenomenal <laughs> Dr. Tasha E. Banks Garcia with her testimony. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and when you were saying about the journey, a quote, quote came into my head where it says, um, happiness is not a destination, mm. but a journey. Right? Yeah. And I think that relates quite well. Like you said, you don't know what I went through to get all of this. It's the the process of going through what I went through made me what I what you see currently, and I'm still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think most people in their moments of success, mm-hmm. that is that is but a moment. And and most people worked really hard. Like most people didn't wake up in the morning and success didn't just fall in their lap. So I think when we watch people and we see them in their success, I think we need to appreciate there's a lot that went into that, mm-hmm. you know, and and if they put a lot into it to get their success, well, I can put a lot into it and and get mine and and, and claim mine for me as well, but it takes work, you know. Um but yeah, so hopefully it's a absolutely. message of hope for someone out there today. It was a big message of hope for me. I'm clinging on to the last of my 20s. 
<laughs> that's it this year july is it across the border wow congratulations congratulations <laughs> thank you if it's one step closer to being like you yeah. you want to tell us i know i'm dancing all over the place but let's get oh, into well, I like, it i like to dance king let's let's dance yeah Come on now. I turned foot and I got two left feet. So <laughs> when you see me bumbling or whatever, that's just me. So the role in the UK, what is your actual title? What is the role for our yeah. listeners? So I'm the Cayman Islands government representative to the United Kingdom. Uh, the office that I have, the, the great privilege to, to lead is the representation of all of the Cayman Islands government in the UK and the point of contact for the Cayman Islands government in the UK. And we have a, a huge responsibility and with that a huge opportunity to represent our country overseas, to build relationships with stakeholders, a wide range of stakeholders on behalf of our government and our country in order to, to advance the, the national agenda of our country um, and, and to build relationships that help to, to achieve the vision of our elected government, of our people, um, and, and really put us on the global stage, you know, utilizing the UK as a platform, you know, for, to access the world. Um, mm. So it's really, really quite a privilege and, and such an opportunity. Let me tell you, we were so excited when we saw the name come up as to who was being appointed next. I was like, wait, what? Wow, this woman doesn't sleep, you know, because your name was in the news about you headed up a lot of different things in, in the islands. It was in government. There were some chiefs and titles behind your name and such. I don't know if you want to go through all that, but that's what I'm saying. That's why behind the scenes, I'm like, mm -hmm, that's her, HBIC. If you know, you know. <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, I think, again, it was just, I think sometimes we, when you open yourself to opportunities, make yourself available, put your hand up and you want to be a willing participant in what's happening around you, opportunities come your way. And, and that's all from a professional perspective. That's always been my, my position. It's like somebody asks, we need help with this. My hand is up. I want to be there. I want to be of service. And I think that's even part of why I'm a civil servant. I have always, since I was a child, I have wanted to be a civil servant. And, and a lot of that is I want to serve my people, my country, my government. And, you know, so so in that and putting my hand up and making myself available, I really have had the opportunity to engage in some amazing work. I mean, I've had the opportunity to work in a range of policy areas, mm. um, child safeguarding, um, work that looked at housing, at, at um crime reduction. Mm -hmm. um, the last posting before I was deployed to the UK, I had the opportunities to lead the team that that created, conceptualized, developed, built and operationalized Travel Cayman, you know, which, which was an amazing program utilizing um, innovative technology and enhanced safety protocols to enable travel into the country while our borders were closed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it was hundreds of people involved in that program across the civil and, and the public sector and the opportunity to work with all of those really bright individuals in our service and, and collaborate around a, a, a common problem and towards, you know, a common goal was an exceptional opportunity for me. I mean, it, it was a huge sacrifice in, in the hours that we worked and the the day, I mean, there were, 
the week didn't come to an end. There was no such thing as weekends. There was no such thing as evenings. But but in the midst of that, it was. But I am serving, and it was almost. You know, I've never I've never served as a soldier in war, but it almost felt like that's what it was like. But it was such. It was an honor to do so. It wasn't a burden, um, but rather a privilege. And and I've been very blessed in the the opportunities that I've had. You know, in the civil service since joining in in 2013. Really, really blessed.、Um, oh, amen.、Career. Chills. I get chills. Little like goosebumps when you speak. Come on now, <laughs> testify. <laughs> Travel came on. Yes, that was what that was what I wanted to remember, but I, I missed the name. And that was your role before accepting the、um, post in the UK. May this year, 2022, will be one year. Oh my goodness. Well, you, you said some things there that I want to. When you said you wanted to be a civil servant. A、civil servant from from the time you were younger. Yes. Now we're gonna go、yeah. use that just to segue into childhood for you, just a little bit, and huifa. You know your people. Huifa, huifa. Ah ha. So as a young woman, who did you did you have anyone in particular that you looked up to? Is there a reason that you wanted some kind of purpose that made you say, "Yeah, I I want to I want to go for that. I want to go for civil service." I'd love to serve my country in that capacity from so young. I don't know. I don't know that there was a a, a single person or even a, a defining moment. It's it's kind of a, a an attitude of servanthood.、Um, I met Jesus when I was very very young. I I went to Triple C for my first four years, and it was a really enriching opportunity,、um, not just educationally, but the opportunity. To meet Jesus, to meet Jesus every day when you went to school,、mm-hmm. and to be in an environment in an environment, educational environment that understood the power of Christ and how to to bring His love and His Spirit into the classroom、um, and into the lives of the students of that school. And I can remember being very little and sitting. We had a, a as we do a cistern and a well in our backyard.、Mm-hmm. And sitting on the well, and it was under an Ethiopian apple tree,、mm-hmm. and with with a, with, a, with a breadfruit tree to my right, but sitting under the Ethiopian apple tree, and talking to Jesus as though Jesus was sitting right there with me, and and he was, but you know, as a child, you know, just thinking he's right there and, and talking to him, and I think it's that that servant heart. That that I have as a Christian, that you want to make the world around you a better place,、yes. and, and in and in my twenties, you know, when when I was invited to leave university,、um, and in my twenties when I was working, what I was looking for was, what can I do or how can I serve through my profession? How can I serve the world and make a difference? And and you know, I'd always had in the back of my head to you know being a civil servant, but it was you know you, you've got to get a degree, you have to have an area of study. So then、right. it was like, well, what what can I study? What can I do that that will enable me to have access to our civil service and to have a career in the service? And it was through my twenties and really looking at well. Who do I want to be in this world, and how can I serve? And ended up、um, going to、um, a school, finishing my my undergrad here the last two years at ITLD, the Institute for Theological and Leadership Development. It was a a school here. I don't think it, it didn't survive Ivan,、um, but it was part of the United Churches of Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. And I think after shortly after Ivan, I think I think the school shut down operations here. But again, it was. 
you know, in that setting of, you know, a United Churches of Jamaica and the Cayman Islands setting, um, a number of my classmates were Christians as well. And, and in that thinking, okay, well, it's counseling. It's something to do with helping people. That's how I'm going to, to be able to serve the world. And that's how I ended up in that program. And then I went on to do my master's, my doctorate specializing in marriage and family therapy. I did come back and, and work in that field for a bit. Um, and then just opportunities and, and the opening of doors ended up, you know, in government and and really in a policy area of government um so so you talk about segways i don't know where i got to all of a sudden there i know to what i am <laughs> but, but anyhow <laughs> oh yeah me and you can agree that's, that's <laughs> those are the kind of tangents i like give me the stories i love it so yeah so i think I, it's it's just a, a childhood of, of you know um developing that servant heart and that desire of want to make a difference in the world around me but i think as well i mean we are a very and, and i'm still sitting with the language to decide how i want to describe myself but it's almost that we're, we're global as caymanians we're global and and i'm sitting with the language of i'm a global caymanian and mm-hmm. and still trying to decide if that's the right words but 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 what i mean by that is that you know most of us as caymanians come from a very rich and diverse background we got all we we are mix up mix up all oh, kind of, we the we the best kind yes. of thought soup in uh-huh. the world right oh thank you and from um, that yes remember we're talking about the segue again from that dip into who you for who your people is who, that's right there we go there we go mm-hmm. so on my father's side so i for captain brian and on the father's side of the family we have traced our ancestry here back at least seven generations um, my sister tara she's the custodian of the family tree and her and my aunt marjorie they they work on the family tree and building it out and so you know seven generations of of my people in the cayman islands mm-hmm. um on my mother's side my mother marita her family immigrated to canada from finland when she was a child Mm-hmm. And so I have this like like many Caymanians this very multidimensional very diverse background where I am Caymanian and and was raised in the Cayman Islands and and you know seven generations of Caymanian mm-hmm. and then on my mother's side I have this background and and culture Finnish culture and and traditions oh. that that also kind of helped to color my childhood um and give me just such a rich experience growing up kind of sitting in different cultures with with you know my grandparents parents on on my mother's side and and then you know all of my family and being raised in Cayman mm. um so so it's that you know I've got that that maritime history both my father and my grandfather were seamen so it's that maritime history that that really runs through my veins and and then spending summers visiting grandparents and aunts and cousins in Canada who 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 very much retain their Finnish culture and traditions uh, and be able to grow up in that as well you know to give me a very global experience as a child and so i think you know looking at this so that's the who you fa and mm. and connected to this post it's like when i saw this posting i was like well i feel very global i feel like a global you know canadian what an opportunity opportunity to even expand that to live in another country to represent my my country um in another country and to give my children the opportunity to be more global themselves mm-hmm. um so oh. yeah so that's 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 the who you for who you for captain brian that's so you from west bay So my my grandfather Thomas Madison Ebanks is from West Bay and mm-hmm. my my grandmother um Hilda Ebanks Langford is from Georgetown and um Miss Miss Sissy um uh, from Georgetown she had a big so we grew up on North Church corner of North Church Street and Mary Street 
Um, so, so the landscape now don't look like it did growing up, but, but that's that was all our family land and all of you know my aunt and cousins and you know you know how it was back in the day. All the family you have your family land and you all live around each other and oh, yeah. and, the vi- and the village is raising the children. Mm-hmm. And so my my great grandmother, Miss Sissy, um, Sissy Bryan, she had a, a bakery out of her kitchen. She 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 baked and her and my aunt Alice um, yes, and I they baked and. Um, she was very much the mat- she was the matriarch, <clears throat> mm-hmm. matriarch and the patriarch uh, of our family, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, so that's and, and so my upbringing really early childhood was North Church Street and and, and Mary Street and running around barefoot on the Iron Shore at my sister Tara. Thank you, and, thank you. And, I was saying not to someone swimming in the bay and yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. I said I don't know it if I can walk on <laughs> Iron Shore barefoot and I don't know. Right. <laughs> Good problem. Still do it. I know. <laughs> well, well, King. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I, 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 I yeah. Put tough no more. <laughs> Especially when I find out what pedicure is and how. <laughs> Tell me about what Caymanness is for you to you. Yeah. So, so I actually was born in Canada. My mother had all of her children in Canada. She kept going up. That was that was her her maternity leave. Went up, had her children, come back home. Um, so so we're very very diverse in our background in in that even as well. So I have the privilege of saying that I'm a, a first generation Canadian and a seventh generation Caymanian. Um, oh, look and, at that. Yeah. Look and, at that. Okay, sorry. That that one was completely new to me. There Continue. we go. And and so I think when we talk about Caymanness, I think it's an individual story it's it's all of our collective in individual stories because if you talk to you know the next person you'll hear that their background is their dad was um dominican or their grandmother was from cuba or honduras or mm-hmm. scotland like we have such a mix um we have many kimanians that got you know ties to to the US to New York and to Tampa and, and so I think we're very we're very worldly very global community of people that have all of these kind of rich array of backgrounds that that make us who we are and in the midst of our humanness um and so I think it's the stories like I love to hear stories of, of people sharing you know where their people come from and it's mm-hmm. it's not just from West Bay or East End or Georgetown but but from across the seas mm-hmm. you know and how they got to our country and well how did your mom and your dad and meet up like they're not from the same part of the world how did that happen and I think we are everywhere as small a population as we are we are everywhere and our reach is so, so global and and I think that's part of our humanness is that we are have this global reach and this these wonderful stories of connection from people around the world um that have been drawn to our beautiful 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 little island that's right oh god yeah. islands beautiful little islands 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 <laughs> don't let the brackets hear that we love it we love a sister island we love That's a sister right. island little Cayman came about if I could run right now to little Cayman for a weekend I would but well let me tell you during I mean that was one of the things during lockdown that that really kind of well I think it helped us a to, to survive <laughs> but really gave us a new perspective on our country because when our borders were locked down you know as Caymanian as as residents as people that were living in the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. 
the only vacation we were going was Brock. Yeah. And, it, and King, if you see what the flights to the Brock look like, they full up. Sometimes you can't get you can't get a little piece of piece of a couch to sleep on in the Brock. And I know space in the Brock. I mean, no, it was it. I mean, the people over there. You had to go Brock to see people because you couldn't see them on ground. <laughs> He said, that where people is. That where people oh, is. Yes. And, and I think, I think it really, and, and the whole idea of staycation, and I mean, this kind of connects as well to this idea of sustainability and looking at being globally responsible, environmentally responsible citizens of the world. You know, we had an opportunity to, to engage with and experience our country all three of our islands in a way that we never had before, because as soon as you had any vacation time, you were going. You were going somewhere, Miami. off the rock. You're going Miami. I get off this rock, but it's like, <laughs> all right, well, we can we can hop from one pebble to the next. That's as far as we can go, and we did. But in doing that, we really enjoyed and experienced our country and saw it in a new way. I mean, we were you got people on Facebook sharing pictures, they're staycationing in East End and in North Side and Little Cayman oh, yes. and Cayman mm-hmm. and and really and and they're happy. And it wasn't out of out of anger out of frustration it was you know i'm here and this is amazing and why Appre- haven't i done this before appreciation appreciation and, and, yeah. and this renewed appreciation of our country i mean this is where people come to vacation why we can't vacation here too tell them Ooh. So, so yeah, so, so I think I think for me, I mean, it really that was one of the. I know we weren't talking about lockdown, but 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 one of the things that really came out of that is us having a chance. While we we love to see the world, it's like, but let's see what we have right here, and and what a love for Cayman. I think that was really kind of entrenched in us mm. um, by looking at it with with fresh eyes, with new eyes, renewing that Cayman kindness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you had pasta on your name as well at some point because you'd be preaching. Do you know what? So, so, so in my twenties, when I was trying to figure out, um, well, actually, even before that, the Lord did lay on me. I do have a call to missions, mm. and and that that was laid on my heart as a as a young child, and I, I'm I'm still praying for you know God's you know leading and and I, I do believe yeah. at some point in time in my life you know that is my next you know what I do next when I leave the service is likely going to be tied to to service in in ministry um as a missionary I don't know where I don't know how yet but but that that yearning on my heart has remained I'm, I'm, I'm almost dare I say it I'm almost 50 not 50 yet not 50 this year but really close to 50 so I, I got I got a year to prepare. I couldn't um, guess. I could but, not guess at all at all. <laughs> My goodness. But so, you know, so for for so for, for that time and even now, you know, there is that that yearning on my heart, that longing to serve um to serve to serve the Lord in a in a different way. Come um, on, Pastor Ebikes Garcia. So, so I hey. don't know. I don't know if it's preaching. Um, you know, my parents always said they expected at some point I would be a politician because I got I got a gift to speak, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's about politics. I think it might be about preaching the word. So we'll see. I lean with you when you say it's about preaching the word. I don't know about politics, because you get mixed yeah. up in that and oh, the world changes around you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. As phenomenal as you are, let it be. <laughs> what are, I'm going to keep the number small. What are three things that you absolutely 
uh, miss from Cayman, from living in Cayman, or even Canada, that you wish you could have with you in the UK? And what are three things that you discovered that, you know what, you, you know, they're a big part of, of enjoying life here for you? Yeah, I think the food. I mean, first and foremost, food at home. I mean, I've not that you can't get Caribbean food in the UK. (laughs) You got to look harder. But also what I've learned to actually from living, having the opportunity to to travel a little bit in the Caribbean, not not a whole lot. But I spent six months working in Virgin Gorda Mm. in the British Virgin Islands. a number of years back, um, actually in, in in my late 20s, it was part of that whole journey thing. Um, and I remember having food there, but I'm like, but but this don't taste like home. <laughs> and, and what I came to realize was that the flavor profile of food across the Caribbean is not the same. So, I mean, our food is very in, much influenced by Jamaican cooking. Yes, and the type of seasonings and the spices and the way in which you cook and the depth mm. at which you cook food and 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 that's what my palate is accustomed to and so yes so so you're right you need to look harder in in the UK but also I think it's still it's still not home it's still not Cayman food that's right so I miss I miss the food certainly miss the food um, that's one two more that's one mm-hmm. I think I, I miss you know that feeling when you go outside and you can feel the sun. You can feel the sun. Now, you got sun in the UK. Right. But, it but on display. It on display. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I remember Jevy saying once to me, he said, he said, we got sun here, but the sun not for sale. That's so, right. It on display, but not for sale. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's what Jevy said to me. And I didn't know what Jevy meant at the time, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't know what Jevy meant at the time. But yes, I now I know know what Jevy means. And so it's that feeling you go out in the sun and just feeling feeling the rays of the sun and the morning. My favorite time is morning, the afternoon sun. You know, afternoon sun don't get on well. Oh but gosh, no. I was always taught to run from that. Yeah, but it's the morning. I like to be out at about 6.30, 6, 6.30 in the morning and get that morning sun. And that, I haven't experienced that anyplace else, that that feeling that we have here with, with the sun. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful um, feeling. That's a beautiful thing to watch because it's kind of like golden, you know, the rays. Yeah. Your skin yeah. starts to glow in a little extra. The afternoon sun don't do that. That just burns you. Mm-mm. No, no, but- no, no, no. And I think my, my third thing, because you can't forget, can't forget, you know, my other parts of me, so so Canada, I didn't live in Canada, I haven't lived in Canada a lot over my life, but but a lot of visiting family and that. And if you've ever been, so my family's from Toronto, mm-hmm. and if you've ever been to Toronto in the fall, in October, September, October, it is the most beautiful place. The leaves, and, and I thought the UK would be like this, but it's not, well, in London, it's not quite the same as Toronto. The leaves go from green, to yellow and orange before they fall off and it is it is like every day you go out and the artist has has changed the landscape they've changed oh. the painting mm. and it is it is the most beautiful thing to see the leaves on the trees change in you know in in Toronto and in Canada um and so you know having the opportunity to have been there in the fall but i will say if you go into Toronto once you know november hits on a run on a run because that winter 
<laughs> because let me tell you, when I got to the UK, the first time I went to the UK was January of 2014. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went for work for government and people kept saying to me, we're so sorry that we're sending you in the middle of winter, in the middle of January. And, and so sorry, this is going to be your first encounter experience with the UK. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. You know, I, I've lived in Canada. I've, I've, you know, I've seen winter. <laughs> You're more than prepared then. Listen, <laughs> I get to the UK and I step out of Heathrow and I'm like, but it's not winter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What are these people, are these people talking? <laughs> we get like maybe what, two inches of snow sometimes? If not, listen, this past year, this past winter, I think, I don't know that I closed up my winter jacket once because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't even understand it. I don't understand it. So, so yeah, so all I have to say, Toronto, Canada. I don't do the winter in Canada, but but go to Canada in the fall. It's a beautiful, beautiful time of year. And if you're scared of the winter in the UK, please don't be because it's really not winter. <laughs> yes, this has been a public service announcement. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's too funny. Okay, what about three things that you really like um, since living in the UK? Do you know what? I love the weather. And I it's probably do as well. Yeah. And I mean, most people are surprised, but that I really enjoy the weather. Um, you know, I love a crisp London day. Um, I even love the rainy days. And I mean, they say we've had, you know, this past year was a mild winter. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe that's, you know, I don't know what a winter that isn't mild might look like so you know I, let, let's see i might have a different this time next year i might got some different things to say to you about the weather but um, I, from, I highly doubt it <laughs> okay sorry oh that tickles yeah. me so much because it's so spot on my god continue and then connected to the weather i love the fashion so oh, yes. i can wear my, my boots i can wear my coat the nice Stars. extra trench coat. Yes, mm -hmm. the layers, the hats, the... Uh-huh. You can't do that hair. You will cook it, Kim. <laughs> you will roast yourself trying to pull that look off. So, yes. Uh, so, I, I love layers and coats and jackets and boots and all of that. So, the fashion, the, you know, the I'm opportunity to, yeah. to dress different, you know? I'm agreeing with you 100% on these first two. I do like yep. the weather and I do like the change in fashion. Oh, yes. And what's number three? I know it, not no, food. No, I mean, the food, I don't have anything against the food, but but it's not in my top three. You know, there's some very, <laughs> very, there's some very, very good food in, in, in London and the UK, but not in my top three. Mm. I think because... Yeah, because there's some really important things in my top three. The third one is it's the ability to walk at any time of day and to see such beauty around you for miles and miles. Oh my goodness. So my husband left. We, we live just outside of central London and he, he set out walking one day for his daily walk. And he said he just kept walking. And then he saw the river and he's like, I think my wife works across the river. And then he just kind of kept walking and he walks over the river and then he calls me and he says, you know, are you at work? And I said, he says, well, don't leave, I'm coming. I said, oh, you driving here? He said, no, I'm walking. Oh my 
my sweet. And he walked. So it was a few hours of walking, a few hours well, but he just walked and, and you can walk and, you know, one moment you're, you're in the middle of a park and you're seeing green and trees and life and animals. And I saw a fox and foxes <laughs> and squirrels. You know, and it's beautiful. And next thing you know, you're in this, uh, looking at historic looking buildings. Like you feel like you're in a museum because the architecture around you is, yeah. is like, it's like a period piece. And, yes. and, and it's like, you're being taken back into time. And it's just, you can keep walking and seeing and seeing. And then I think as well, the diversity of people that you see, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the whole, it's the whole world has has you know emerged in London and and people from all over the world are there and you're hearing the languages and the accents and seeing people you know from all over the world and it's just you can walk and see and take in all of these things and it's like wow I could walk all day long and he almost did walk all day long but um you know oh we, we did we did we did take public transport back home I didn't make him you know we didn't walk back home after all that walking he did but, but yeah, after all that walking remember about pedicure earlier yes <laughs> hope you had a nice foot soak after that <laughs> i'm so sorry i don't know why i'm so tickled by this it's nice yeah i think the one of the things that i want to ensure that i have the opportunity to do while we're there is i mean i i i, I really only know london and and the surrounding areas and i really don't want to miss the opportunity because while I can speak about London I am well aware that there is some amazing beauty outside of London. Mm-hmm. So what has been the biggest challenge or surprise when you had to move for the role? I think I think the surprise was really recognizing the opportunity that that we have to be represented globally. I mean, if you look at we might be a small small country our population might be relatively small mm-hmm. but we have some very we have amazing people that are doing amazing things around the world and being recognized on the world stage you know for sports and mm-hmm. acting and dance and music and all of these things and i think kind of being in that space being in the uk being in london um I think I was just it really struck me what an opportunity certainly in this role and that our office has in really elevating the status of the Cayman Islands globally and lifting our country up and making sure people see and and know we're here but I think also what an opportunity to help to expand the narrative of the Cayman Islands so I mean I certainly believe that we are a multidimensional country mm-hmm. and I think what's but i think we're not recognized in that light so we are known as a an and world class international financial center we are known as a destination mm-hmm. for tourism amazing beaches and diving and our hospitality industry has so much to offer and that's all great but there is more to our country than just that mm-hmm. and and i think certainly in london um and in kind of the, the the world that i'm operating in professionally it's the cayman as an international financial center that's that's our dominant narrative like this is who you are and i'm like no that's a piece of who we are but that's not who we are mm. i mean if you think of you know from our kitchen dance music which can be traced back to our irish and and celtic fiddling traditions brought mm. to our country from our first settlers mm. um, and the fact that we're home to more than 3000 native plant and animal species 
there is so much to know about the Cayman Islands, you know, beyond us being a world-class international financial center. And I think what really, I guess, surprised me and, and I appreciate is the opportunity for for, for the team um, in the Cayman Islands government office in the UK to, to share with the rest of the world. Actually, here here's the other parts of us. We are very multidimensional. There is more to us than what you may think. And we'd like you to take a second look at us. We'd like to reintroduce you to us, to introduce you to parts of us that, that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think even on the, you know, Cayman is an international financial center, there are misunderstandings. There are misunderstandings globally on what a tax neutral jurisdiction is, what that means, mm-hmm. what what it means that Cayman is a cooperative jurisdiction, why that matters, why people should know that and why they should care and, and what that means for the integrity of our financial and professional services industry here. So I think it's, you know, it, it I'd always, I'd hoped that um, that posting would be an opportunity to really put my country on display. And I think I was surprised at how how great that opportunity is. And, and certainly, you know, the, my team, you know, we're working along with, you know, ministries and departments across the Cayman Islands government to explore opportunities and to create unique opportunities for Cayman to be showcased globally um, because there is much, much for us to show the world and there's much for them to see. Amen. I tell you, doctor, pastor, would you put the doctor first or pastor? A, rever- <laughs> a reverend, is that it? <laughs> Doc- the doctor reverend, Tasha Ebanks Garcia. Thank you very much. But in, in carrying on from that, what advice would you have to any Caymanians considering moving to the UK? I think if you're going to, to leave home and move anywhere, you need to spend time and thought in preparation and research. I, I, I wouldn't move someplace on a whim or lightly. Um, there are, you know, it's that, that kind of old saying, you know, whether or not the grass is greener on the other side. And I don't know that it is greener. It might be, but it's likely a different shade of green. And you need to make sure that whatever shade of green it is you find on the other side, that that it tech to you know we talk about um our spirit and, and things tech into our spirit whether it tech oh to yes you. and and you need to make sure that when you get into that grass your spirit tech to it mm-hmm. and and it's the right fit for you and i think you know just kind of on a practical level i think you know if you're looking to move whether it's to the uk or anywhere i mean what i would recommend is start with your list of needs the, the services the support the amenities what do you need a country that you're living in an area you're living in to provide for you mm. you know do, do you have children do you need schools what age are they what types of schools do you need um, do you have any medical conditions any mental health conditions that you want to make sure that you have support and care and treatment for um, are you an outgoing person are you an outdoorsy person are you a fitness person um, you know, are you an intellect? What do you need to stimulate yourself? And and to kind of create this list of, you know, if the ideal list of things that, that you would want the place that you were living in to provide to you, you know, what needs do you want it to meet? And not that any place will likely meet all of your needs, but I think being aware of what is my criteria of needs and then even maybe prioritizing that, you know, and what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that you have to have in the place where you live for you to feel like I can, I can, I can call that eventually. I can call that home or or I can be comfortable in that space. And I think with that list of that criteria um, that defines your needs and uh, service support amenities, then start to do research um, to, to bear in mind that the UK, while London is great and lovely, the UK is much bigger than London. And, and there's, you know, there's lots of different places and they're all going to be diverse and different and unique. 
So, so taking that list then and looking at, you know, the options for where you might live and, and assessing, you know, those places against that. But I think in that as well, connecting with Caymanians in the UK, because I think, I mean, I've had a few Caymanians reach out to me that, that are contemplating the UK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's only been, you know, since last summer that I've lived there, but I can give them a perspective. And because I, you know, you kind of understand where they're coming from as Caymanians, you know what they're accustomed to here. So you can speak yes. to them and share with them your experience in a, in a in a way that's different than someone who isn't from here, that, you know, that's not looking through their eyes moving to the UK. So certainly I would say connect with Cayman is the UK. There's plenty of us out there. Um, find oh, Caymans yeah. that are there. Ask them about their experience moving, why they moved, what are the things that they found that surprised them, that you know they enjoyed, that were challenges. How do they overcome those challenges? What are the lessons that they've learned? What would they do differently if they could do that move all over again? Uh, would they do that move all over again? They're a good ask question. Would you do Ooh. it again? Oh, you know what? Um, I didn't think of it till you said it. Would I do it again? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Would you do it again? If you know what you know now, would you do that again? Um, and and then I think visiting, because again, it goes back to, does my spirit take to the place? It's one thing to see it, you know, on the internet. And it's one thing to, to you know, see it on TV, to hear about mm-hmm. it, but go mm-hmm. there, feel it. I mean, certainly, you know, I, I had the opportunity to be in London about four times for work before I moved there. And the first time I went there, my spirit took to it. It was just, yes. it just, there was a feeling, you know, and, and going back last summer, it was like, it was just a feeling. Um, it was just, mm-hmm. I, I'm in the right place. And, and I think for me at the right time in my life and everything else, but my spirit took to it. Amen. Hera, it, mine took to it too. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how long have you been there, King? Uh, so I first came in 2011 and that was for school, for uni. And um, I stayed, I, I, I stayed for as long as I could each each um, school year. Like I would, I would skip Christmas going back and just enjoy it. And that's because I, I, I wanted to experience the full thing, you know? And then um, after I graduated in 2015 for my master's, I went back to Cayman. And then by 2018, I was like, no, I need to go back. So, so yeah. I've been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're making us very proud over there, by the way. Oh, oh, well, don't make me blush. <laughs> um, still I, working I think, on I, I, don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you interview yourself, but you know, when you talk about Caymanians overseas and those that are doing amazing things that we need to share with the world, I don't know how you get interview yourself, King. But you got, <laughs> that's that's an interview I want here. No, King, no. King interviewing King. Why? <laughs> we know what the way technology is set up these days. <laughs> A few more questions for you. Little light questions relating right. to Dr. Tasha. It's okay if we call you Dr. Tasha, right? I, Kind of oh, shortened of everything. Okay. Of course. So, Dr. Tasha, amidst all of your wonderful achievements and your professional roles, how do you find time still for that stillness, that balance in your mind? Mm. That's a good question. Um, and it's a tough question because it's one I, I still struggle with. Um, a friend of mine lately has been saying to me, enjoy the pause. And she mm-hmm. keeps saying it, and and I'm I'm trying to understand how what that means in my life and for me. But she just keeps saying, "Enjoy the pause." And what I've been trying to do is find moments 
and and they, they could be very it could be seconds but moments where you just stop and you just intentionally take in what's around you and i think in this trip actually part of that is to to build up a memory bank of moments so that when i'm back in the uk because as much as i enjoy being in london home is home i mean cayman is is grounding for me this is my center i, I get centered here this is where i connect with the world um is in cayman mm-hmm. and so as much as i love you know to travel to be in other places to live in london you know every now and again it's like you have this little yearning inside you miss home um or you know you're you're stressed and you need to be centered and so for me what i've been doing of late is kind of just stopping you know in 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 the moment and just taking in what's around me the sights the sounds the smells you know everything so that i can have this memory bank of stuff so that when i'm in the uk or wherever i am in the world and i need to be centered or grounded i go back home in my mind yes. i go back home i even i even king i even hear roosters up in there no so, <laughs> i would i would probably leave them out <laughs> i'll be at an airport and i'm stressed and i'm like all right all right world i just need to just and i'll think about home and sometimes the roosters in the background I'm like i don't know why you came with me but anyhow you there too that part of the stress <laughs> that's part of the stress when well, i hear them sometimes but that's funny but that shows how how powerful it is like how vivid those moments are that you're capturing and taking with you in your in your mind's eye to say it and um that's beautiful yeah that little like you you, you capture those moments of bliss from Cayman and that's how you sort of go into your mindful or your focused sort of pause Yeah. From the world each time. That's good. I need to work yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. The Dr. Reverend Tasha Evans Garcia. <laughs> Full stop. There's lots of lots of the characters. Phenomenal woman. We're proud of you as a country. I'm saying that on behalf of everybody. Yes, we all agree. We all agree. We all agree. There's no one here but me. But <laughs> <laughs> And thank you for taking the time to speak with us on the Cayman Connection podcast. Celebrating Caymanians overseas, out of sight, and you definitely definitely not out of mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you King. Thank you for having me and thank you on behalf of the Cayman Islands for all that you do to to ensure that our Caymanians overseas are not forgotten but also the work that you do through your connection with Cayman Connection and your your love mm-hmm. for our country connecting Caymanians not just in the UK but all over the world. Um and and we're very proud. We're very proud to call you one of our own. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to take a compliment. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so good. Okay, let me let me end it officially.